Hey everyone, happy to have you here for another episode of Legacy Matters. Today, as usual, we will talk about whatever comes up with a slight leaning toward discussions of preserving your legacy, preparing for things to come, and sharing stories we find amusing. Here we are. I'm ready. Are you back? Yep. Yep. Welcome to Legacy Matters. Yeah, it was. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, What what can we say today? What silly thing can I start this off with that makes Jim look at me like, all right, maybe you you should just shush it. You already did it. You just did it. Was that it? Yeah. I'm looking at you like that. Didn't even have to work at it today. Yep. So here we are. It's uh, Sam and Jim. Uh, Sarah is not here this afternoon. She's out and about yeah um, we're not going to even pick a, a nah. distant land it doesn't no one cares at no. this point she's <laughs> she's in a hot air balloon this <laughs> afternoon so you know the weather's crisp it's cool blue skies and sarah's somewhere in the sky in her hot air balloon <laughs> today so i think it's a rainbow colored one too it, it could be and i she's i think she's drinking rosé in Feels the hot like hot air balloon, yeah. Midday mm-hmm. rose hot air balloon mm-hmm. ride, listening kind of day. to Journey. God, that's what she's doing. She's got if a little that picnic is what she's basket. Doing, well, I kind of knew that is what she's doing. She's got a. If that is what she's doing, I'm envious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yep. She's got her parka on, and she's, she's up that in or the she's air, sitting in a closet, rocking on her knees or whatever, crying. Could be that too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's okay. That was weird. But whatever. It's one or the other. It's, yeah, it's not that. No, she's in the hot, hot air, air balloon. balloon for sure. And she's All right. drinking rosé today. So that's what she's doing. Poor Anyways, Sarah, this, um, is why, this is why she needs to be here for him because right. otherwise it just goes off the rails before we even you start. You snooze, you lose, you yep. know? All right. Uh, uh, what's the weather? You got a nice crisp yeah, day? Yeah, it's a nice it's day good. today. It's it's uh, starting to warm up. I'm thinking in a couple of weeks it's going to be, I mean, shorts and t-shirt weather it already for Minnesota. Like I've already been out in shorts and t-shirts. Yeah, I mean, once year. it hits 45, I'm thinking, <laughs> I mean, that's all I'm thinking about really is the weather. It's, that's all Minnesotans think about. So it, I don't feel like we really got hit that hard this winter. But I feel like we've had no. much worse winters than this. Yeah. So yeah, I'll take it. We have prevailed. I probably just the jinxed the whole thing, and now we're going to have a terrible late nah, winter, nasty all spring. It'll be just fine. Okay, good. All right, we've got a guest. All right, um, you doing this, Ellen Stanley? Whoa, you did it! Welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. And Thanks you got, for coming. And you did excellently on my name. Thank you. Thank you. Perfect, Jim. Yep. Perfect. Yep. I do the easy names. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You have a. That's true. You have an e- easy name. I so. do. I do, and it's interesting that um, uh, I I have a bit of a public name because I, I wear a bunch of hats around town. But my musical performance name is not Ellen Stanley, which feels like maybe it should have been because it's such a simple name. Yeah, <laughs> people would have thought it was an alias. Yeah, right. exactly. It sounds like too. Like, it sounds like too, too straightforward, too, too easy. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also I think it was because I had a name. It, with those other hats, um, doing radio and other things that when I started performing out, I didn't want to have a same name. So then I picked another name that I also thought would be easy to spell and easy to pronounce. Okay. And that is? Mother Banjo. Oh. Oh. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's pretty straightforward. I could have done that too. Mother Banjo. Exactly. Yeah. So, and, and then I figured it was also pretty clear. It was like, probably going to be a woman with a banjo. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So, like, so. there's a lot of names. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, and there's a lot of people like a lot of names. That's about the stupidest thing I've said probably in a long time. But it, there are a lot of names out there. But there are yeah, a lot of people. Endless. What I what I meant to say was there are a lot of people with the same name. Yes. So you, there's a lot of Joe Smiths and a lot of mm-hmm. you know, and in fact, it it goes even deeper than that. There's a lot of people with relatively unique names f- with for whom there are other of them out in the world with that name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So would it be highly inappropriate for Jim to now have an alias of Mother Banjo now that he heard it and he likes it? Like, would that be really weird? Um, That's not well, it, it might be. Um, yeah. It would also be hard for him because now I've been making music for over 10 years with that name and have, you know, many albums and a website and all the social medias. So it really, he really doesn't do the research. It's, it's mainly, yeah, it's mainly that it wouldn't be very probably useful for him because no. they'd all be finding me. Right. I mean, it could be great for me, you know, but people will no, be looking for him and then they're going to find me. me. <laughs> yeah. But there's no rules against it. Right. Like if there can well, be, if I, I mean, if you trademarked kid, it or, did you, you know, trademark? no, but you at better. this point I've done so much business and commerce <laughs> yeah. under that name that I think any court would <laughs> side with mm-hmm. me if of there was course. a confusion about that plus look at the two of you I'm gonna side with you (laughs) (laughs) but it is funny when I when I perform in someone like and I'm and I say like from stage like you know if you want to find where I'm playing next you can just you know google mother banjo and you'll find me the only thing that shows up on the first couple google pages that is not me is uh baby dancing to mother's banjo playing oh it's like a little cute youtube video yeah but that's like pretty awesome so that's yeah. sweet. So I don't mind if people yeah. find that. No, <laughs> no, that would be a good thing to find. Yeah, that's exactly. Not, yeah. not what they find when they search either of our names. <laughs> yeah, well, they find all this podcast stuff. Yeah. <laughs> they, actually, now they find a lot of pictures of us. That's true. Yeah, when you Google. All, all, yeah, all the guests who come through yeah. and mm-hmm. take their pictures with you. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, neither of us have had any... Well, I shouldn't say that. You've been out there a little bit. You've been in the press and stuff with your yeah. art over the years. Yep, yep, for sure. I just am completely anonymous, so right. it's weird to see things. I'm like, oh god, <laughs> we we have like a we have at least one super fan out there in the world. So. <laughs> we do. I think everyone should have at least one super fan that's not their mom. Yes, that's uh, my mom hasn't even listened to a show. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Now, I love so, you, mom. As we were starting, um, where are you from? I'm originally from New Haven, Connecticut. Okay. And, um, but I live in Minneapolis now, and I've been here since 2001. Okay. And I, I, think, I'm, I think I'm staying. Yeah. At this point, it feels yeah. like it. 19 you know, years. I've been through many polar vortexes. Yeah. You know, it's, it Do doesn't like seem it? to scare me away. You like it. Minneapolis like or the polar vortex? Minneapolis. <laughs> I love Minneapolis. Um, I moved here after I graduated from college in Ohio, and I thought maybe I'd, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do. What do you mean? You moved here here without without an established plan plan to live here? I mean, I had a plan to live here. (laughs) Yeah, but did you have friends? Did you have a job? I had some friends. Some of my good friends from college were moving here, and I had visited here before and liked it. and I visits Minnesota? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, oh, no. Well, I had a friend from college who grew up in Lacrosse, and so oh, we we like yeah. came out and for some vacation at one point. And I had cousins who had moved here. Um, I had a couple friends who went to McAllister, mm-hmm. so I'd visited. And then um, I was doing lots of music things in college of various kinds, and um, I really liked what I saw of the music scene here uh, and the art scene. Yes. And it wasn't just. Um, 
I, it wasn't just like, a, like I had spent a summer in Chicago and it was like, there are a couple big institutional things that were great, but I, I felt like when I went to Minneapolis and the Twin Cities, there was so many, much more like funky grassroots stuff and Tons. and all genres of music, really, you know, a lot of world music and, um, and there was a lot of great public radio at like many stations, not just like one. <laughs> right. And, um, there, and then my favorite record label was based here, uh, Red House Records, where I worked for a bunch of years. And um, yeah, so there were just kind of a lot yeah. of things that I liked about the city, but I, I figured I didn't, again, I was a liberal arts major, you know, it's not like I had a direct plan for a career. So, and if you want to work in music, you're like, mm, you yeah. know, so I figured I just should move to a city that I liked and, and had a good a, music scene and see what happens. What the like city it. does. I mean, so yeah. what's funny is that, you know, we always, we're just meeting, right? Right. So, but then I Google you mm-hmm. and here we have all these mutual fr- I mean, you know, everybody that's been <laughs> through this podcast, all the musicians. Well, I mean, yeah, were, even though I didn't grow up here, it doesn't take yeah, long. I mean, <laughs> but I'm always, you know, so I'm in the visual arts, which, which is a great community too. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. But the music community in this town is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It, it really does floor me how, how tight all of you musicians are. Yeah, you know? well, one thing that's, I think, really unique to the Twin Cities music scene, I mean, there's a lot of great music scenes around the country, um, a lot of hubs uh, that are great, you know, whether it's, you know, obviously, you know, the big ones like New York or Nashville or Austin or yep. LA, you know, they all have cool things happening. Um, but what what makes, I think, the Twin Cities special is that there's a lot of great artists and some industry that's based in the Twin Cities Um in multiple genres. So it's not like it's a country music town or a rock and roll town or a hip, right. you know, or hip hop right. or whatever. It's like, there's a lot of active genres that are well represented here and have really like a lot of talent working in those genres, but then also it's small. So it's big enough to support that, but it's small enough that people aren't completely siloed. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you go to no, New there's York, there's like every kind of genre of music, but, but it's like, if you're a jazz musician, you're likely to, just play and there's enough jazz clubs that you never have to bump into anyone who's outside of that genre right. whereas in the twin cities chances are you're playing some of the same festivals you might be yes. on the same like um and though there's some clubs where it's like there might be an early show which is like oh it's all like singer songwriters and the late shows like a dj set or right uh, indie rock band way, or something you're right yeah so um like i think my first performance out as mother banjo outside of like open mics when I was living in the Twin Cities when I when I was early in my musical career of performing um I played at a uh like it was a variety show at the Bryant Lake Bowl and it was hosted by uh these three gals who did sketch comedy and they would kind of put together these variety shows of different kinds of music and stuff and then they would do these sketch comedy bits in in between between. the sets um but (laughs) I was in between uh a drag queen and a uh, classical string quartet. Yeah. And I was playing country tunes. On the I banjo. love it. And so, like, and, and also one of them, uh, Desso, 
in her early days was part of the uh-huh. uh, the variety show. This is when she was still doing spoken word stuff before she kind of did her foray became hip hop. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, she was Dessa, but yeah, she wasn't yeah. like before became... the Dessa that everyone knows today. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so that's where I first met her was doing okay. that when when I was just starting to perform out. So I mean, that's a perfect example of what kind of makes the Twin Cities cool is that, that's a... and it makes the music better because yeah. means that people collaborate across genres. You know, like it's not every town where where Dessa would be playing with a Minnesota orchestra. I mean, that just doesn't happen in every right. community. Um, so, yeah, I think that's one of the many cool things about this scene that's unique. Yeah. I think we hear that from our other guests, too, that mm-hmm. that it's, like you say, it's big well, enough to be important and small enough to be friendly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So And mm-hmm. that you can, yeah, meet people. And, and uh, it's a pretty supportive scene. Totally. Well. Yeah, I mean, that's a cool thing. You can meet people. I mean, that's in, it, in the Bryan Lake Bowl. I mean, that's such God, a interesting... God, I used to love that place. I, I just don't go there because I've got kids. Right. <laughs> I, can, I don't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah, a great place. <laughs> yeah. It, it happens as we, you know... It does slow things down a Although little Although I bit. just brought my baby with me today. That was yeah, my I solution. Love You're not right. slowing down. You're like, no. yeah, baby, let's go. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. He's used to he's used baby. to coming everywhere. <laughs> I love that though. It I, must be weird to be a baby because you just wake up in like different places. It, Gosh, it's, it's a little it, like <laughs> well, it's like my college days. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, I you went the same direction that. I was going. Uh, yeah, you just got there I mean, first. Yeah, <laughs> where am I? What where am, am I doing? I? How did I? Who is here? this? person looking at someone give me a bottle right (laughs) exactly oh god exactly it's true oh i'm glad those days are over though i have to say i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't be able to handle it no i'm so glad they're behind me i have a three and a half year old and man her not taking a nap is the equivalent of of any of us when we were 25 down in a bottle or something like Mm -hmm. she is like just a little lunatic the other day she's just like daddy i took off my pants oh yeah you did and she's laughing hysterically and i'm trying to put her pants on and she's giggling the whole time like jesus i I remember like i remember people just like you when they were 25 like yeah she is she is a like She's three, so she's like, it's okay that she's totally doing it. Totally okay. It is, it is. <laughs> oh. I, I don't know, yeah. I, I mean, I'm yeah. laughing, yeah. you know? Well, I remember yeah. not when, well, I remember being like, oh mm-hmm. my God, you're mm-hmm. a total wreck. That's, <laughs> let me help you, same thing, kind oh of. But, Ellen, so what do you, what is your, so you're, are you banjo? Am I banjo? Yeah, are you mother banjo? <laughs> I am mother banjo, so mother so banjo. You, yeah. Yeah, so Mother Banjo is me, and sometimes Mother Banjo plays uh, with, you know, a full band or a couple, or, you know, scales up to a five or six piece band. Um, But, you know, I'll play solo shows and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, Mother Banjo is my music playing entity, if you will, my music playing persona. And essentially, it's uh, kind of what it sounds like, although the name I had before I was an actual mother um was but, just banjo <laughs> no, <it was> not, <laughs> just banjo that's Ellen not a very banjo. good good stage name because you google banjo and of course right you know you would I, not come up in those first I pages i have no idea what stage. happened there yeah um but uh yeah it's essentially i i'm a singer or songwriter who plays the banjo okay is is, is the short description um playing in kind of folk americana mm-hmm. bluegrass gospel and genres get into that um, well, I've, I've been playing music my whole life. Um, uh, you know, grew up singing in choirs and playing piano and 
later playing the oboe because you know that's nerdy and it's funny i was gonna say um actually (laughs) someone pointed out recently that the banjo is kind of like the oboe of the string band world (laughs) it's like kind of like and it's funny nothing okay well the the banjo is kind of like attract weird people but yet yeah but yet they're they can be really cool and they have very Uh interesting kind of tones and and i feel like attract weird people though like do weird um, people go and see banjo playing is that what you're saying? No, no, no. I meant people who play the instrument. <laughs> oh, sort of like okay. you know how like um, I don't know if you ever played in like a high school like high school band or something or like a rock band. I okay, think. well, I mean, I'm sure you've probably noticed that there's like certain <laughs> kinds of people that are attracted to like playing the bass yes. or drums or whatever, I gotcha. right? Or a lead singer, yes, right? Absolutely. A lead singer is like you know, or lead guitarist. Yep. They kind of are often more gregarious. The bass yep. players are often the more introverted. Mm-hmm. Stereotypes, yeah. Did, so, did. so, and I feel like um, I feel like banjo players and oboe players <laughs> are like the people that are kind of weird, but yet you kind of, but you really like them. Yes, you know what I mean. Uh, they, they're yeah. kind of quirky. Yeah. I did you see where he was headed with it though? What he was saying was like, if you play a banjo, do you attract weird people yeah. to the show? Well, I kind of like sure. that take on it too. <laughs> I think I think every. Yeah, I, yes, but I think that's probably true in any genre. You it have is. you have weird There's fans, weird, sure, and then you have yeah. like really awesome ones. Yes, and I feel like it just runs the gamut. So yeah. yes, I do have plenty of weird fans, and I have plenty <laughs> of delightful fans. And I would say some of the weird fans are also delightful. So oh, that's you know, good for sure. That's uh, good. Yeah, um, but uh, you were asking about Mother Banjo. Yes. Um, and how, oh yeah, how I started music. So, um, I, I did a lot of music growing up. Um, and then I kind of got away from performing a bit in college. I did a lot of, um, musical promotion stuff. So, cause first and foremost, I was a fan, right? Yeah. I grew We're up. okay with, uh, we've, so, so just so in case you're listening and you're wondering what's yeah. going on. Well, we've got our, our We're friends. We're not torturing any kittens. No. <laughs> right. I was going to say that was not a cat. Well, <laughs> And and so normally we've got we've got a little background noise here and there, but like our our neighbors across the street are going gangbusters with their they they've got the these, condo development. Mm. Yeah, they've got these Welcome lifts, the lulls Northeast. that they keep driving around, so it's constant beep beep beep. Mm-hmm. And I guess that there it is. Yeah. It oh wow, that was on cue. On cue. That was great. And then we've got we forgot to lock the door today, so we've got water delivery. Because <laughs> then he's like, "Hey, sorry." <laughs> and then we've got a baby here, which oh I love gosh. the baby yeah. part. The whole thing. He's being great. Don't yeah. don't. It's no thing whatsoever. Um. So weirdo banjos. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we're so yeah. Um. So I got away from performing in college, and I started um, promoting music because again, I was a big fan. So I I played classical music growing up, but I listened to rock and pop music, and um, and in high at the end of high school, I got really into into jazz and blues and like contemporary folk music and that became like one of my big interests I was always interested in songwriting and storytelling and um, that kind of stuff like even the rock bands I liked those were the ones I liked as ones who wrote interesting songs a lot of lyrics yeah and uh, yeah I was the one who's always pouring over all the you know liner notes and lyrics and stuff like that making mixtapes and whatnot so um so then when I got to college, I was really interested in doing that kind of, so I got involved with the radio station right away. Um, and, um, um, I booked the campus coffee house. I started an annual folk music festival and I interned with a couple record labels. So I was like, um, 
and even my academics, which were not, I went to Oberlin College um, in Ohio, which has a uh, conservatory of music there, but I didn't, I, I didn't apply to the conservatory because I already knew I didn't want to go on a classical music track and sure. I was not good or ambitious enough to, <laughs> to pursue that. Uh, especially if you're playing piano, you know, like you have to be like a concert pianist, you know, you can't just right. be like the 10th like, violin can you piano. teach me to be a-okay but not quite as like great right. yeah exactly so um so i but that was definitely one of the reasons i chose to school go to school at overland is i could take some classes at the conservatory and uh play their beautiful steinways whenever i wanted um but um my um academic studies were uh focused on african-american studies and literature and history and I realized that, oh, that's what I'm interested in and everything that I'm interested in is related to storytelling. So, um, and how like stories and music can move people and move people to change and make, make you know, um, be a part of people movements as well as um, just moving your soul. So, um, so yeah, so I got involved with a lot of that kind of stuff. And then, but I really missed performing. And when I moved to the Twin Cities, and I didn't really play, I'd never written a song I liked on the piano. Like, I think my classical training was Who kind has? of... Who has? <laughs> well, like, well, a lot uh, of people have. Uh, they write, write their own songs. I was say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's kind of like... Yeah, but it's I a mean, pretty common songwriting. How many people would you, would you say... Uh, Narrows it Joe. down. No, I know, but, uh, but actually, it, I think there's a lot of singer songwriters that do write on the piano. I just sure. found that for me, I was so like classically trained, I couldn't. I was overthinking everything, and it was it wasn't like the music I wanted to write was more like simple and you know like folk music and uh, you know and traditional country music, and it's like I couldn't. I I was just over overdoing mm-hmm. it on the piano. Um, sure. And then I I was like, well, also I, I maybe I should learn like a new instrument, like a, a string, like a guitar or something like that. But I had always really loved the banjo. Um, I was get, gotten really into folk and bluegrass in college, and I was like, I just loved the sound of the banjo. And and then I was talking to people, and it's not like there's so there really aren't that many similarities between the guitar and the banjo in terms of the strumming. Yeah. The chord structures are totally different. Like you make chords very differently. Often a lot of the technique is very different on a banjo. So really there's absolutely no reason why you have to Mm -hmm. learn a guitar first. So, and I kind of half-heartedly learned some chords from my dad on the guitar and it just never really stuck. And I was like, I'm just gonna, so after I moved to, to Minneapolis, (laughs) I just was like, you know, and I didn't have any a network of people I could just sort of sing and make music with. And I was like, I got to make music myself because I didn't know anybody. And so I was I went to Homestead Pick and Parlor in Richfield, and I bought a banjo. And they they also teach down there, and I took lessons. And then were they when you walked through the door? Were they they were like. Oh, look, another weirdo. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. probably. Like, I think this well, one's for us. owned by a banjo player, the, yeah. the, the shop. So it was like, I, was, I found my people. Yeah. And, um, and it was cool because my, my teacher, Russ Rayfield, who's an amazing player, he's played in a lot of like sort of string bands, square dance bands, but he also can do like bebop jazz on the banjo. And, and what was cool is that he, his one of his mantras is like it's it's just fun it's just meant to be yeah. fun and so even though he was a, had amazing technique i was interested in doing different stuff because sure. i was not interested in being like a lead banjo player like most people who are banjo players are like 
banjo players you know like, like they they're like doing be, the crazy fast right. picking and they're like they're doing the solos and the bands and it's like i was actually interested in accompanying myself which is there is, like a like a an accompanying banjo position that <laughs> needs to be filled um no i mean that's the thing it's it's probably not a common instrument yeah, I mean, it's usually if you have a banjo in a band it's because you want those like cool solos and sure and and textures and um so i right away i i learned some techniquey stuff but then i really wanted to learn songs like that i could sing like you know old john like john prine tunes and you know old folk stuff and dylan and things like that and so i was learning that stuff um and then yeah pretty quickly after that i wrote like my first song that i on the banjo which is when i still perform out so it, it was oh, like it was so really it was wide open and i think it was because i wasn't that good like i think all you need is a few chords <laughs> yeah because you just need a good melody and good words that's all you need for a, a good song yes. you can flesh out the other you know the arrangements and the instrumentation down the line but if you but sometimes simple is nice right and so i found that it just opened up my whole songwriting world so that's where mother banjo came from it's like i feel like even though sometimes with some of my band stuff the banjo isn't always as um sonically prominent it's like everything starts is the root is with the banjo like i write every song on the banjo and every once in a while i'll go to a piano to because i'm hearing something i'm trying to figure out like what like tune or key because i don't have perfect pitch you know i so i'm like my husband does but <laughs> so sometimes i'll just ask him uh, music too? yes and uh drummer and keyboard player and songwriter wow okay so and the funny thing is neither of us play guitar which is kind of unusual to have two singer songwriters that, that don't play guitar yes. yeah um well yeah but piano is you know. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, but even Oops. the the songs that I kind of, I might go to the piano to figure something out, but really everything starts on the banjo. Yeah. So even songs that later I record without a banjo, it's all started so, that way. What is, what's your inspiration, inspiration mm-hmm. for your lyrics? For lyrics. Um, and I am, Cause I, I have a writing background. Like th- that was, that was. That was the second runner-up for my major in college was like creative writing. So two, I would two things say you definitely get a job right out of college. <laughs> exactly. For, yeah. Well, writing can be applied to lots of stuff, and I actually have I done a lot of work that involves writing. So, um, but in terms of songwriting, um, yeah, I definitely usually start with lyrical ideas, and um, I'm just you know like I think every songwriter, I'm yeah. just like I steal stuff, right? Um, in terms of not songs, but in terms of like mm-hmm. you overhear, you know, you eavesdrop you at the coffee shop or whether it's, yeah, you hear someone say something, someone you know, or sometimes I even hear myself saying something like, oh, that was kind of a gem. I got to steal that one from <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, for myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then, or someone else will point it out and I was like, oh, that's 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 good. And I'll keep that, you know, keep those little notes of, of cool lines or store. And I'm, you know, I like to read and watch yeah. films. So, you know, there's, there's plenty to be inspired about. Um, it's mainly taking the time to hash it out and form it into a song. I think that's, and with a, with a baby, 
um, like my husband just came back from a, a little songwriting retreat and and that's kind of sometimes what you need to do especially oh because he thinks he can just go away whenever he feels like it <laughs> <laughs> I you'll take care him of the baby right <laughs> I encourage him to do this and I will have my chance to do it too uh, we're pretty good at taking turns uh, to have some teasing. time but um, yeah so I mean I think and this was true even before the baby like uh, I once we yeah, went to a cabin for just three days because I, I just needed like two more a few more songs for this record I was making and mm-hmm. and I was like I tried not to put pressure on myself I'm like okay if you you know if you create anything even if it's a part of a song it's it's good you know mm-hmm. and I came back with like three three new songs and it was just a lot of them had been percolating right for so long but then I just hadn't given even them the space to get some right. rest oh yeah it's yeah. huge yeah so um yeah so in terms of um approach to songwriting for me often starts with lyrical ideas and then yeah i don't know i kind of go from there it might just sure. be one line or yeah. it might be a story mm-hmm. and, and then um, you just kind of add on to yeah that. but i like songwriting assignments not everyone does but i i like them because it you just gives like, you a place to start you know i think yeah. that's the hardest part is sometimes if you're like i'm gonna write you're like, well, about what? You know, you like, like right. if someone blank page, you know, syndrome. If, if you yourself or someone else sort of gives you a, an assignment uh-huh. to do on it, oh, I love that. Yeah, where um, do you get like those? for instance, um, well, there are songwriting groups where they'll actually give you a prompt, ah, gotcha. you know, like yep. a word or a mm-hmm. idea. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not. I don't currently currently belong to one of those, but sometimes it will be other songwriting friends will say, like, we'll have a conversation. Um, like, uh, actually, this is a great example. So there was um, a, a locally based artist, Mary Bu, and who plays piano, actually. Yeah. And, and sing, she plays guitar, too, but she was a piano first um, singer-songwriter. Uh, she and my husband and I were, were out um, having drinks after a show one time, and uh, she was talking about she was moving from back from Duluth back to Minneapolis, and she was talking about the packing, and then she was like, oh, the blank I left in Duluth I don't know if this is a family friendly podcast oh, uh, we don't swear at all you the shit I shit. left in Duluth <laughs> yeah. um, it, it was the line and then we were all like we're all gonna write a song with that line yeah and we all did I was the last to write mine um but um D. all the songs were totally different you know and um and then of course the other interesting thing about a line like that is then you're like am I gonna bother to make uh, a, a radio friendly version and if, or an edit right. version, even if you're performing it live, but it's like a more mixed age audience. You're like, and some songs you can't really do that with and some you can, but um, mine, because that line was in the chorus, um, I changed it because uh, the line was the shit of uh, um, um, uh, the, the shit I left in Duluth, uh, Duluth. Um, the easiest one was you. <laughs> And and so I changed it of, of all I left in Duluth. Yeah, the easiest one was you. So that was actually a pretty easy yeah. edit. I mean, so I've um, I've not released like the song yet. One. But um, yeah, so we so that was an example of a song. Yeah. And then I've done songwriting assignments like um, like a song for a friend's wedding. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, for that's gonna be a little pressure though. That was it was hard, and it was uh, you know it's a secular wedding. So you, but you want to say something meaningful without it, you know any sort of religious stuff or you know what I mean so it 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 was a little bit of a challenge uh to do that but that song um has become one of my more favorite songs I've done a lot of other weddings um and then I tweak the lyrics a little bit to make it more um 
open and less wedding specific. Yeah, so the version I recorded um, is more just like about living in the moment, enjoying those you're with. Uh, it's called We Are Witness. And um, yeah, it's been a really popular song. So <laughs> you God. never know what will stick. <laughs> I know. You no, don't. you don't. Um, and sometimes they're dumber than that, you know, the ones that stick. <laughs> well, of course. I mean, but it, that's got to be part of the fun of it. I mean, yeah, I, you don't know. I mean, sometimes the ones you, you slave over and, and you actually think craft wise are the best. Yeah. Like no one really cares about. Well, we you talk about it all let the that time. Go. It's true. <laughs> we well, talk about it all yeah. the time that no one gives a shit about anything. Mm-hmm. It's basically the whole, the whole premise of how the world <laughs> of, works. Of actually life. Yeah. yeah. You know, no one really cares. And then the things you're like, wait a minute, of all the things I've done and said in the last 10 years, like that's the thing you actually cared about? Right. Like what do you... I, there was a lot of important stuff I said, and they're like, no, that's the one that stuck with me. Yeah, exactly. Because right. like, <laughs> oh, most of the cool. time, no one's listening. Yeah. <laughs> no one cares. That's very true. Yeah, we don't, we don't absorb it, in actually. Um, well, let's take a short break, and then we will, uh, we'll come back for our second half of nonsense and figure out <laughs> a little bit more. Nonsense. <clears throat> it's all important. No one cares. <laughs> we just said it. No one cares about anything. No, and we care. I care. Okay. Be back. Today's show is brought to you by the Andalin app, a first-of-its-kind digital legacy preservation app that allows you to digitally attach photos, videos, and audio recordings to the places and objects you love. Imagine hearing your grandmother's voice telling the stories of your family heirlooms. Preserve your memories, prepare for the future, and share with those you love. Andalin, available in the App Store and Google Play. Visit andalin.app for more information. Need some help with a construction project? Looking for thoughtful design and honest answers about what is possible and what is not? Kinetic Design Build is a full-service boutique modeler servicing residential and commercial clients in the Twin Cities. Design and build with purpose. Visit kineticdesignbuild.com to request a consultation. Packing for a trip? Let Pack Simply give you a little help by delivering travel-safe products directly to your door in an airport security-safe pouch. Unbelievably easy and surprisingly simple. Make your life easier. Visit packsimply.com. Interested in art? James Holmberg is both an artist and an art consultant. His strong connections in the Minnesota art world give him a unique perspective on the talented pool of artists from our region. Let James guide you to an original work that will come alive in your home. Visit jamesholmberg.com to find out more. All right. Do you want to go on a wilderness adventure with me, Sam? Or maybe you know a group of kids who could benefit from an extended break from their electronics. Or maybe you just need a break from those kids. Visit earthedfound.org for more information about how to get started. For information about becoming a sponsor of Legacy Matters, please visit LegacyMattersPodcast.com. I get it. All right, we're back. I get it. All right. But anyways, we, have it, we were really getting deep into the weeds during well, our break. Well, no, but it's good because <laughs> because ultimately, like, you know, when I'm sitting here talking to someone that I love and they're complaining about this and that, I'm like, you know, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Which it, doesn't, it, it, it which just doesn't. Probably they don't appreciate that comment, even though it's totally true. Well, right. I think once you it's say it, though, good. it's like, you know, sometimes it's like, 
You're right. It really doesn't matter because right. it's like a waste of time, you know? Right. Well, like, is this what I want to spend my energy on? Right. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times, like, you know, I watch Jim with the, the art and kind of the perfectionist side of what it takes to produce art mm-hmm. and sort of like you realize it doesn't really fucking matter. Like people love it. And if they love it, you don't have to love every bit of it. Like if they love it, it's well, all... yeah, I mean, but you know, yeah, that's a, that's a different, that's a different thing. You My know? art is not susceptible to the nothing really matters. Right. Well, well, you catch it, it. It is, it is. In I the understand sense as an artist, the, I the get end that. product. Yeah. I mean, so I, crafted it's it's exactly what i want it to be mm-hmm. but in the end it doesn't really matter because no one really wants it i mean they're kind of like oh if i can g- you want to give it to me sure you know but i'm yeah uh, no. i'll pass on the price well tag. when you're a musician you definitely get this a lot you know if you're playing like bar you know the background bar gigs you're oh, like sure. oh yeah i mean obviously sh- all kinds of gigs are different. There's the ones that are like, oh, they're just meaningful because you like played a great listening room and people were really interested in the music and laughing at your jokes and you're like, oh, I really made a connection with people. Then you have other ones where you're like, you're like a jukebox, you know, you're just playing your music. They might or might not even notice you're doing it. Right. Um, and I think it, both of those things are kind of a good balance. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, for one of my album release shows, I I did this like sold out show at the Dakota, which was like at the time, you know, like a career like, oh, yeah, you know, and it was so great. And it was a couple days after Prince had auditioned his drummer there. So it was like, like, wow, I'm like. I had this it. cool space, you know, yeah. and then like three days later, I'm playing in a coffee shop to like five people. <laughs> and I think that that is actually kind of great because it puts it all in perspective. You're like, yeah, like I, I you know, it's great when I have those moments, but they're not all going to be like that. And that's yeah. okay. That's yeah, just, it is okay. That's not right. why I'm doing it. You know, you're, it's not why you, you know, pursue no, art. Exactly. I mean, you do it for yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and if I mean, other people get it, joy out of it, that's yeah, great. And that's great. Yeah. It's wonderful. But you know, yeah, I mean it's the same thing, you know. You put on a show and or at, even at a gallery, and, yeah. and deep down, I'm like, no one cares. I mean, they <laughs> they care for the moment. They say, yeah, that's a nice painting, right? And Jim. that's and then then you, you enjoy know? that moment. Yeah, with them. and then yeah. they say, what are you doing after the show? You want to get a beer? And I say, yeah, let's go. <laughs> you know, and that's it. And then that's it. That's the end of the show. And, and I'm not I, I'm not famous. And nothing I pick happened. Up the paintings a week later, you know, and, and storm. Oh, you storm should see our house. house. We just moved for the. F- I lived in the old house for 16 years oh. and we just moved into a new house this summer. And, uh, as I mentioned, my husband is also a musician. So we had between the two of us, we each have, well, I have like what, five albums. Are you like, like three or four. So, so then you have like all those boxes. So this is getting back to the <laughs> oh, your artwork, God. right? Yes. You're oh. like, um, you're like, oh yeah. I guess now we have to move all those things. The good news is in our new house, we have more storage for them. Yeah. Oh, so. more right. storage equals so good times. Are you, are you pressing <laughs> albums? Are you doing? I CD? still do. Yeah. And okay. that's because I put out a record last year, and yeah. um, yeah, last year was a big year. We we had baby, first baby, yep. put out on a new album, and moved. It was all within a like you know mm-hmm. six month period. Um because we hate ourselves. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's... But, but, um, that's hurtful. Yeah, sorry. Um, but at least in the genres I work in, I still sell albums from the stage. And that's not true in every... It's You know, some 
kinds of music sure. that's less true. Uh, uh-huh. um, obviously, I sell a lot less than I used to because that's just the way things are going. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of people listen on the digital platforms and, and through other things. Um, but I found that, and maybe it's because, especially in the kind of folk music world, there's a more there's a bigger emphasis on a connection to the person and and maybe it's the nature of the kind of performance you're again you're telling a lot more stories it's a little more personal you're playing more intimate venues maybe more listening rooms so people like they really feel like uh they know you and there's also a I think there's just a, a more socially conscious element uh, often like to the audiences, the right? So, yeah. so there's more of a culture of like, even if I don't listen to the CD or I'm going to upload it to my computer or I'm actually going to listen on Spotify, I'm buying the album to support the artist and yeah. Yeah. and also a, like a memento for the evening. So they'll like we have it signed and yeah. and so. Um, so I still make CDs. We'll see. I'm just keeping an eye on it. Next album, who knows? Maybe right. I won't. I mean, but in my experience, it's still worth making them. Like I still make my money back doing it. Um, and I did a Kickstarter last time, so it definitely was worth it. Obviously, sure. I funded it. So, um, yeah, I and also it's a great, you know, physical reminder. Some media still want CDs. So, well, we do talk about this, and and I mean that's an interesting thing. I we have a lot of musical, you know, guests in here, you know, and it's like the market today. I mean, the digital market, I mean, it's sort of just throwing your content out there. It's, it's hard. out there. It's like you, you make like a penny on oh, yeah. whatever, you know, percentage that is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we it's, talk about the physical momentum. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but right. But yeah. like, I, it, and this is not a formula, a formed idea. <laughs> so we've talked about this a little bit before, but like, you're right. If it, like Jim loves looking at a, you know, pulling an album out of a sleeve, looking at the liner notes and and all of the art on it and stuff. Yeah, it, and following along with mm-hmm. lyrics if lyrics yeah. are are there. I mean, I but love we can't that. go back to an era where we print a bunch of these vinyl albums for everybody. Right. Well, so. I mean, and vinyl's interesting because obviously there's been a resurgence of vinyl. However, I have not pressed vinyl only because. I know from experience for both when I worked for a record label and from artist friends, my experience is everyone says they're going to buy vinyl. Like, like I have fans come up to me after a show and they're like, Oh, are you going to press vinyl? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, well maybe I, but I'd have to do, it's like a, a separate fundraiser to fund yeah. it because it's expensive. Um, it's really expensive to make. And um, if you, especially if you want to do it right. Um, but then also as a result, you have to charge a fair amount mm-hmm. uh, to sell them. And so it's like, are you willing to pay 20 or $25 right. to buy it? And when it comes down to it, after the show, they see the CD for like 10 or 15 and they see the vinyl, the for, vinyl right. for, for 25 and it's big and they don't have like a thing to hold it at the club, you know, like it's, yeah, a, it's but, a thing. And so it's just interesting. I think people like the idea of vinyl and some people will buy it, but is it enough to make it worth buying it? Cause it's pretty cheap to make CDs, but, it's more expensive to make vinyl, but we're so. not we're not going to bring back. Uh, we're not going to go back to a world where everybody's got a record player and they're playing albums all the time. And and evidence of that is the number of albums that are in warehouses mm-hmm. that waiting to get thrown out because we can't do it. Although it is interesting now, you can buy new record players at like the chain right. stores, and, yep. and, yeah, and like in fact, you can even buy a boombox with a cassette player and a CD player. 
I, we, because my husband just released a cassette tape this past year. Yeah, so that's the other. Another that's another yeah. sort of resurgence. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to fully come back because it's not in cars. And I think that was a right. big piece of why cassettes in the first place were, so, mm-hmm. you know. Well, and we, but but I think people just like different kinds of, uh, especially musicians. We like uh, we have nostalgia for certain formats. And but it's it's young kids who are making a lot of the cassette tapes. It's interesting. It's like twenty right. somethings, and it's because it they didn't have cassette tapes. So for them, it's kind of novel. It is. But no one actually has players anymore. But now they're starting to make them new because we thought we'd have to go to a, a pawn shop to get like sure. a new because our little boombox it, it wasn't working in stereo, so it had it was working but not mono. Right. Yeah. So we we were like, oh, we'll probably have to go to some pawn shops. All the pawn shops say no, we don't take them. Then we went to Best Buy and they had it. We had to pay like sixty five dollars to get a little boombox. Right. But what I yeah. wonder though is like at the same time like we're we're becoming so aware of how detrimental producing all of this stuff is for the environment. Mm-hmm. And I wonder like, okay, so yeah. you can't really bring back something as wasteful as right. tapes. And right. I mean, all of our old analog stuff, a digital, a digital recording of your song is a much more environmentally. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I think that, and a lot of, you know, people who work in the industry and I, I'm similar that way. I yeah, I host a, a weekly radio show on um, on KFAI and yeah, we got to get to that. <laughs> and um, you know, I I accept music in all formats. And part of me likes having the CDs because I I get all the liner notes and I yes. ha- you know I have like a and frankly it's a physical reminder because I get so much music that if someone sends me a CD, I'm more likely to play it because I will just literally see it in a pile on my desk. But you know, after I've played a few songs and it's also available on the streaming services. I'm trying to clear out stuff out of my house and stuff. And so then you're like, but then you feel bad throwing it out. And yeah, there's, there's kind of a lot of layers. So, I mean, I definitely will play digital stuff and I, I, I realize it's better for the environment, but it's harder for me to organize. Like I don't Mm -hmm. have, I'm still trying to create a better, I'm always kind of changed to to refine the system of finding better ways to, to keep it. So I don't miss things. Cause it's all like, you know, it's in my email and I have folders, but, yeah, know. it's just hard to keep track of. Yeah, we need to fix that part of it too. Yeah, the, the, there has to be better systems. The to, digital organization systems. Yeah. So yes. I love buying physical things. Mm-hmm. I mean, but what I, about I a, love you know getting the what? What about like an album sized piece of artwork that you fold out with? Well, some things? people have been doing the oh, art, yeah. the craft, like posters. You right. know, like like um, like the press, you know, yeah, yeah. printed posters. Yeah, self-screen yeah. posters. Yep. And some people are doing that as a, a way of yep. sort of... And then you have the digital thing, but you uh-huh. also have this physical archive of the... Yeah, of so right. there the are lots of different it. ways that people there can is. do that. Okay, yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, but, I, but I do like albums. Mm-hmm. I, I do like CDs, but I don't buy them anymore because, mm-hmm. because now I just pay for Apple Music, right. which is amazing right i mean i have everything at my fingertips i mean yeah once i really surrendered to it i was like wow i could go back i mean anything i want i just like search i'm like wow you know i can you know so it's an interesting thing although do you ever have the same problem and i have this on like netflix or hulu as Mm -hmm. i do on like spotify or apple music or whatever where you you you're like i could listen to anything i could watch anything but then you don't have, you have that like... Too much. Yeah. You like, you spend like 20 minutes scrolling through stuff and you're like, <laughs> so, and you're like, oh, I, I mean, sometimes you know exactly what you want to watch or listen mm-hmm. to, but I feel like there are times when I'm like, 
I kind of liked it when I could just like look at a shelf and so, just pick something that's that I know everything on the shelf is something I like. Now it's great, of course, to discover new stuff, but sometimes when you're like don't have that starting spot, you're kind of like you exactly. So when I'm in here and I'm doing maybe uh-huh. art right on the weekends, and I'll pull it up, you know, Apple Music, and I'll be like, and that happens. I'm like at a complete loss. So then I walk over there to the shelf where I have a few hundred CDs, and I look through that, and I'm like. Oh, that's what I want to listen to, and then I, and then I pull it up on my phone, you know, because I'm too lazy to put it in the machine, yeah. you know. And that is true. Once you're on a path, sometimes some of those services will then recommend other things, and you oh, might get on I a do new path. Like that. Um, I do, but it is interesting. You're totally right, though. I've done that very thing. Like every once in a while, we've done that with movies in our house, where you're like, oh, we have it on like Blu-ray or DVD, yes. and then we're like, oh, but. We could just pay $2 and then we don't have to get up. And it's like, oh, that's so sad. (laughs) But you're, yes, exactly. It's so true though. Like, I just don't want to put it in. Well, because, because when it's over, like if I'm painting or something like that, I just want to like, you know, I can just swipe it to the next album, you know, easy. I don't have to get paint on I'm not laughing because I'm making fun of it because I totally am with you. But it is funny when I realize like, oh, we're, we're so lazy. We just want to be able to move our finger. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to move my finger. But the savings, I mean, yeah, yeah, so it's like, I don't know what I pay, but, you know, nine bucks or whatever it is a month. And, you know, at the, you know mm-hmm. to buy one CD, yeah. I mean, it pays for itself, right? Yeah, but I think Especially they're playing. But it's, it is hard when you, because th- again, it's the, as a consumer, I'm totally with you as a fan as an and listener. Artist, though, as an artist, it's like really hard because no, you're like, yep. which is why so many people now do Kickstarters and other ways to fund their music because they're not making it back necessarily on, on sales right. the yep. way you used to be able to. I think so. we're playing a game, of, a big game of chicken with art and mm-hmm. uh, these services because we're all, as consumers so far, just willing to pay the services. Yeah. And, and the longer they starve the artists out mm-hmm. of existence, the more we're saying like, well, whatever so, happened to that good artist and that one? Like, well, they right. didn't make any money. because Well, and some of them have stopped making albums. I mean, I and there's some people that, that. Are, that, um, that have said they're just going to, they're like, I'm not even going to bother making records. Um, now, I actually enjoy putting together albums, but, sure. I, you know, so I probably will continue to do so regardless of what format it ends up in. But yeah, there's some people who are just abandoning the format. Mm-hmm. Uh, completely, Gonna so have to figure that one out eventually. Yeah. I guess yeah, eventually. I think. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a an interesting era because you've got you're on the radio. Uh, there's podcasts going on. There's music being made. There's all this art and stuff. And and we're like like when other forms of new media come out and innovations come out this is going to disrupt everything for a while it's going to throw everything into a little bit of mm-hmm. chaos and then we'll sort it out yep. there'll be some new path There's, there'll be some or there'll be a brand new thing we haven't thought of yet right. that's right there yeah. probably was 10 or more brand new things that were just thought up in the while we were talking about this. I was going to say they're probably yeah. already in existence yeah, and I'm obsolete. not cool enough to know yet <laughs> yeah. but but eventually we'll filter down to people like me. <laughs> All of a sudden Banjo we'll be plane, like, yeah. oboe plane. <laughs> right. Right. Yep. Rise of the weirdos. Exactly. I like it. <laughs> but it is hard. It is very hard for artists right now to to try to monetize the art mm-hmm. because it's great that I can I mean it's an 
endless. It's almost so much, you know, to search and find, mm-hmm. you know, artists, which is great. I mean, you can find those Bob but Dylan's But finding out there. ways to stand out. I think that's, that's the other um, challenge. Obviously, as a independent artist, as one myself, and as one, someone who promotes other artists through another hat I wear, mm-hmm. um, I... I think the challenge is there's all these tools to make it easy to get your music out there to big audiences, but there's also so many other artists because it's so easy. There's, you know, so many um, people making music out there and a lot of them are good. They're not all (laughs) good, but you know, so then how do you make your music noticed amidst that sea of what's happening? And I think that's, it comes back to that that connection I think that personal connection mm-hmm. or creating that connection even if it's through a virtual world you know like uh, like whether it's you know social media or doing like live videos from home or whether it's just the old fashioned way of playing shows at gigs yeah. and talking to people and then they make that connection with you there but I think totally it, but it's it's slow work well, how unless, do you, you're, <laughs> unless you're lucky and happen to get one of those viral videos or something but. right I mean how do you connect to people in a world where no one gives a shit <laughs> About anything, but I think people <laughs> but do I'm just care. kidding. No, we do no, care. No, we do that's care. a good point. But I think I think people do care about people. They do, and and I think that there's a lot oh. of things they don't care about. But I think there's a reason why of all the things we can do on the internet, we're still trying to connect with humans, mm-hmm. even if it's through this virtual format. And I think mm-hmm. I think people really still care about that. And uh, not everyone uses those tools maybe in a useful or meaningful way, but there's a reason why, you know, you're excited if someone like comments on your post or your photo, it's, it's not just because it's validation that you're somehow cool though. Yeah. Who doesn't like that? But I, I think it's because you're like, Oh, I've, I've connected with someone. Yeah. I think it's more than just the well, and I, Metrics. I say that in jest because here we are producing a podcast connecting people and <laughs> I know. a digital product that connects people and an yeah. alternative social space that connects people. Like we've got, we, I really do think that it's not, it's not that we're failing each other. It's that we just haven't quite yet produced the right digital tools to both transition over to a more digital thing, but also foster real and genuine relationships along the way. Well, I mean, of course, that's what's cool about what you guys are doing. And and one of the reasons I like hosting the radio show is you're not just sort of sharing the information, the voices, uh, the art, but you actually get a chance to talk to the people face to face. So, I mean, you're actually bringing... I'm sitting with you in a studio. Yeah. We're not doing this over the phone or over right. Skype, you know? <laughs> people ask all the time and I'm like, nope. Yeah. So, I think that that... I think you're creating community not just through the people who are listening and hearing the voices and the stories, but you're actually, you actually are making those connections with real humans who right. then connect you to other humans, which mm-hmm. is how I ended up here. You That's know, I right. didn't know you guys and, before I walked in. So right. the door. So. Right. And our listeners, hopefully, you know, this is a way of connecting, you know, the I think that's why people care community. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that if, if you don't want that, you're not going to listen to this. Right. So, so, so how did you get into your radio? How's the radio show? Radio start? show's good. I've, yeah. uh, well, I did a, show in college for four years doing a women's folk music show and I started doing that I again was just getting the throes of like being obsessed with contemporary folk music um I grew up hearing like the old folk music you know like the Dylan Peter Paul and Mary you know I grew up on that music but I didn't know there are people like still making it today <laughs> yeah right <laughs> like writing new songs I mean there sure are yeah and yeah. so um that was kind of a discovery at the end of 
uh, high school, beginning of college. And so when I got into college, I was like, I want to host a, a folk show. And then there were a few folk shows on the college station, but there, I noticed there was just like so few women being played. And that was like the bulk of what I was listening sure. to. So I, I submitted to do a show on, on women's folk music and I got it and I did it for four years. And then when I moved to the Twin Cities, I got involved with KFAI radio right away because it's a community-based station, all volunteers. And they, it's like uh, every show is like a specialty show. So it's like, you know, one show could be African hip hop and the next show is, um, you know, um, blues and soul and, you know, a lot of non-English programming. And it was, there's kind of something for everyone. And it's, um, so I got involved with volunteering there right away. Um, I also knew, of course, about Minnesota Public Radio and Jazz 88, all these other great stations in the community. But I got, but because KFI is accessible, I just mm-hmm. started yeah. to volunteer and worked in the music library and got involved, started subbing. And there had been a show called Women Folk that had been on for about 13 years uh, before, before I before there. I started hosting it. Oh. So KFI has had a long tradition of having uh, female voices represented on the Good. air. And, um, and then I got to know the host and she was moving to Boston. And so I basically just applied to do my own version of that show and um and i've been doing it since 2003 oh or 2002 no shit 2002 i think (laughs) really so yeah i've been doing it that long (laughs) i knew that and um so i've gotten to like mr research over there sorry (laughs) you know it's a weekly show and it's also you know available on demand on the through the kfai site and now it's also being rebroadcast on um uh, a 24-7 folk music streaming service called uh, folkmusicnotebook.com, which basically is a clearinghouse for uh, all these folk shows from around the country. Oh, great. So mine rebroadcasts on Sunday nights. Like syndicated. Um, yeah, so, um, but it's really fun because I get to play, I get to play whatever, like all KFEI shows, I get to play whatever I want as long as I stick to what the show is supposed to be about. Right. Um, and obviously keep in line with FCC regulations. That's why it was fun for me to be able to swear on this. Oh, um, you get to say anything. Yeah, yeah you should really go nuts. I'm really good. Just, <laughs> just let, let out a whole out, bunch of string of yeah. things. Um, You've been but, so polite. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, uh, so, but it's been fun because I get to play, I'll play like local stuff. Like, oh, I just met that singer-songwriter the other night and it was great stuff. Or it can be like, I, I've interviewed a lot of my heroes, you know, like, Joan Baez, Indigo Girls, you know, all these oh, kind of famous yeah. musicians who've come, I've gotten to interview them. And then I, you know, I'll showcase the next up and coming artist from right here in Minneapolis. So I really love the show and I'll keep doing it unless I get bored or, uh, or the station doesn't see a need for it anymore. So but. is it all volunteer? Like, you, it, that's yeah, not all like the a DJs job. are volunteers. Yeah. And I, you know, and that's why it's a big commitment when you're like, oh, I've done this every week. Yeah. For that many years. I mean, yeah, I've had subs and obviously sure. I was on maternity leave for a Yeah, bit, but, you got to take some but, time off. Um, but in general, yeah, I mean, I mean, Holy I plan crap. it, I produce it, I engineer it, you know. Really? Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm pushing the buttons while I'm doing the interviews, you know, the whole thing. And, oh, that's um, like me in my fancy booth here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, super fancy. <laughs> my well, fancy you guys have to come to KFAI and you'll see the, Love the fancy digs. But how that. do you get uh, like Indigo Girls and stuff like that? Uh, well, people like that. It just depends. Uh, in yeah. that instance, um, the publicist I knew. Well, she had. I mean, reached out to me. I mean, so. Yeah. I mean, some cases they're actually they're pitching you to do an yeah. interview, and in some cases you're pursuing them. You know, and it works both ways. And sometimes yep. it's through if they're coming through town, mm-hmm. everyone wants to promote their stuff, right? Yep. So that's not usually a problem. The question is usually more logistics. Like, can I, can I get a hold of them in time to set something up? But especially if 
I don't know the management or the publicist or the venue doesn't, but often the venue can connect them because they want, again, they want you to promote the show. Of course, yeah. Um, uh, but sometimes, so it's a matter of like timing or like scheduling. Like I, I do both live in-studio guests for live performances, but I'll also do live phone interviews. So I, I have a diff- few different right. options, but if they aren't like on a plane during your show, right. Yeah. You know, like uh, I, I can pre-record an interview, but frankly, I'm so busy, especially now with a little one that I I don't do a lot of those unless it's someone that it's like a bucket list artist. Yeah. Like because you have it, to. Right. Because yeah. if it's just like, oh, I'd like to, I'm like, I'll still promote the show. I'll play the music, you know, talk yeah. it up. But, but you, you should put in the time and come in and see me is the way I see it. Yeah. Well, and also yeah. it's more that like um, it takes so much more time to, to do an edited interview right. than it does to just do just it live. The, and I like yeah. the energy of a live interview. So I will say I. phone interviews are very different though from in, in-person interviews because if you've never, if you don't know the person or you haven't interviewed them before, it's uh, it's a little bit weird because you just can't gauge their yeah, cadence. And can't. sometimes they're like, are they taking a thoughtful pause or are they waiting just done? To, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did <laughs> they just they take a break? Whereas like in, in person, you have a lot of physical cues, yeah. you know, that someone's are like. Are they napping? Did they, did they nap? <laughs> like, I would know if they were sleeping if they were <laughs> yeah. in the studio. Yeah, you would. <laughs> I certainly like this this uh, format. Well, I, I, thus far we have refused to do any phone in mm-hmm. just because yeah. it, it, the whole idea is getting to know someone and talk to them. You have to have well, those and you're cues. you're talking with people from right here in the community, so yeah, that's they true might too. as well be here. Might as well swing through. We have had people. Uh, you know, make a little trek in, and I really appreciate that yep. when they do. And we've had people ask, you know, can we do a phone thing? Yeah. You know? But like St. Cloud's not too far away. You can drive. Sorry. <laughs> Even though it's snowing out. See you in two not hours. Not today, though. No, Man. not today. I lucked out. Yes. No, I don't know where you came from. Close <laughs> by. Where, where did I you was, come from? That I was, was a great comment. Yeah. Um, I came from south, from near Lake Nokomis. Oh, yeah. that's where I live. Oh, really? Yeah. Have I seen you at Oxendales or something? Oh, my God. Probably. Yeah, the bowling alley, for sure. Yeah, or, or McDonald's liquors. Yeah, I've know. been there a couple of times. They know me. It's funny uh, when you say do. that you you went to McDonald's to get, like, a six-pack. Right. Like, not, not at like, McDonald's near me. Like, they do that? <laughs> like, no. Yeah, we're oh, right over by... Uh, this is, it's just our neighborhood liquor store is called McDonald's, right. and it it's is. been around probably longer than... Yeah, we're down by the uh, Winona School, if you know what oh, yeah. I'm talking. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. right. I'm, yeah, I'm like a couple blocks from Lake Nokomis. Stop. You guys are neighbors. We, we are definitely neighbors. Like, right? Yeah. Super neighbors. So I got to behave myself around the neighborhood. No, now. you're good. Oh, man. I'm easy going. Not around him, though. <laughs> no. When you see that guy stumbling around the neighborhood, you'll be like, oh, that's Sam. I know that guy. God. You paint a really I, pretty I picture. I'm just saying, maybe you stubbed your toe. You know? Oh, man. That's, oh, that's horrible. Awful. I know. I, I take it back. My bad. Uh, it's like, a, you it's, know. It's, it's one of those things where we're. You know, we're both regular folks, uh, but we like to, like, being ultra Minnesotan, like, we, I feel this need to be very polite about certain things and whatever, and then, but then the jokes are kind of like this other, this alter ego where, like, like gives right. you permission um, to be when the, you see like, me beating not up nice a kid. person. Yeah, when you see me beating up a kid down the street, because that's what I do. You know? Oh, my gosh. 
See, I and didn't then, take it to anything like that. I and mean, it's you know, like, wait a minute. No, I don't about. actually do You're that. You're an old man. You can't beat kids. <laughs> I worked up. with kids for 20 years. I don't beat kids. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's so stupid. I, right. I'm the guy who uh, snow blows the entire front block. <clears throat> Maybe from, you've, maybe from you've snow blowed my in front of my house. I may it's have. possible. We're two blocks off Lake Nico. <laughs> Sounds like you are too. You guys are probably uh, three houses. We're probably away. neighbors. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, the weird thing is we moved in in the summer, but you know how like we were still in the throes. Like it, we had we had an, a lot of overlap with our two houses. So like, you know, we had the slow oh, move. Oh, yeah. And so as a result, and we've met, you know, a few of our, our like our immediate neighbors. But, you know, once the cold sets in. You don't, yeah. don't oh. see your neighbors for like six It's not months. as friendly as people think it is. Right. Well, I mean, no, and people are, are helpful. It's very nice. But, but it's weird that you don't, ha- but you you know, no one's going to, st- you know, stand around in the like negative three degree weather to just Shoot chat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think. No, no, one, but no then one does when, anything when it gets, all winter. When it gets right. nice out again, then people are like hanging out outside and you get to really like know people again. It's very funny, like in, in the neighborhood where I live in that too. You know, it's like all of a sudden spring hits and everyone's out raking. It's like, oh, hi, neighbor. You know? Right. Oh, hey. totally. I haven't seen you for Planting six months. Planting tulips, you know, or whatever. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, you're just like, you get from the car, and <laughs> you know, you run inside and you're like, yeah, I haven't seen anyone for months. I think and the probably... neighbor might have been frozen on their sidewalk out yeah. there, but I didn't have time to stop. <laughs> yeah. They may have fallen down and died. Saw, uh, I don't know what that was on the front step, but you know. Well, here's an example, though, of, of people being so, and this one thing I, I was really amazed at when I first moved to Minnesota is just how, although we might not want to just sort of chat outside, how helpful like in the winter during the severe weather uh, how yes. helpful people are like you know just like help random strangers pushing your car but the other day <laughs> i was going around lake nicomas and it's been so beautiful but all the melting um i was on the bike path because usually they it's oh, clear yeah. all winter yeah. except with all the melting you know there's these crazy puddles yep. and uh the stroller is much more hardy than my footwear yep. so i can push that through but then i have to walk on the side you know yep. but there was one patch where it was just it was so long and so the, the, the side was also kind of all messy. And so I was like, I'm going to have to just turn around. I'm not going to be able to walk around yeah. the lake. And then all out of nowhere, these few people helped me just lift the stroller. <laughs> and walk around, of course. Yeah, and then that happened probably two more times. People are. I think the lesson of that was maybe I shouldn't have had the stroller up. But I didn't know no, until you started walking. You right. you know? And then you're kind of <laughs> committed. You're like, exactly. You know, when you're walking around the lake, you're like, hmm. Well, plus, okay. why wouldn't you want to? Like, why wouldn't you want to help the lady get the kid around the thing? Anyway, like, but that's but that's it's but, beautiful. But it like, is beautiful. You know? It is, and that's when you were reminded again the importance of connection. So right, when, when we it all comes back to that, like mm-hmm. it, you know, even with all this digital stuff, we're, we all like to be outside and be with we people do. and help people. And we that's do. Uh, it's so hard right now because there's so much craziness going on in the world. But I, I always have to be reminded. Just all you have to do is take notice of those little things, and you're like, no, okay. We're yeah. In the be long okay. scheme of things, we'll be fine as yes. a human race. Oh, yes, absolutely. We got it. We got to <laughs> yep. stop wrecking things, but we'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be all right. We just got to remember to be outside. I think yes. of uh, I think of our neighborhood as a a backyard neighborhood. Like mm-hmm. there's there's front yard neighborhoods and backyard neighborhoods, and the front yard neighborhoods, the kids like. They all play out in the front, and the parents sit on little patios they built out front, mm-hmm. and then they run up and down the street, and you see the person, and they're like, hey, and this happens a lot in kind of in that Linden Hills, South Minneapolis area. Mm-hmm. I see that more. Mm-hmm. And ours is, 
come on over later, John. I'm having a campfire. Like you see him in the alley. And yeah. It's like- <laughs> yeah. And you're like, no, that's cool. Let's hang out. But it's always backyard time. It's like, right. got the got the hot tub tonight or going to have a campfire. Do you have a hot tub? No, but both of my neighbors I was going to say, I'm like, you are definitely me. a neighbor. I need to know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want a There's like hot three or four tub. of them right around me. I'm like, really? what? what's wrong with me? I can't do a hot tub. Hot tubs are... That's what I want. I want a hot tub in the backyard with yeah. a fireplace for okay, winter. Okay, we'll work on it. You know, like well, I'll be it, over if you. Yeah, I mean, get doesn't that, going that just on? sound awesome? Every yeah. time, like during the winter and it's snowing, I'm thinking, like, damn, a hot tub would be nice right now with a fire. Yeah, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. It's be tripped out. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be just totally. With tripping. a butler to yeah, bring you the yeah. drinks. Yeah. Well, you don't want to well, have to get up. It's just like not being able to change the CD. You can't. You know, yeah. So I'm not Swi- <laughs> swiping. Right. I don't want- the next drink comes yeah, over. Oh, that's exactly. You get so like DoorDash yes. just to bring yeah. you your beer. DoorDash. Oh my God. Come around back. Well, you definitely come around now back. You've put it to a different level. There's no doubt. I, that's what I want. It's gonna happen. Yeah. You guys are lazy. <laughs> No, we want to be comfortable. <laughs> we're entre- we're entrepreneurs that understand yes. the human nature. Uh, yes. 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 Thank All right. you. All right. Yes. This is uh, it's it's a new digital era. Maybe maybe getting your beer delivered to your hot tub in the backyard. Uh, can you throw another log on the fire while you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> before or, you leave, I'll or, tip you. you. Know, I mean, we are house Digitally. designers. A nice pass through from the from the kitchen. Like mm. maybe maybe someone could just. You know, their arm just comes out and it's holding a beer and I'm in the hot tub, you know, and then I grab it and I'm like, yeah. And turn Does it have to be a human arm? No. No. Well, I'm just saying, you know, I can just give a shout out, you know. Alexa, get me a beer. (laughs) Oh, shit. Now there's going to be beer coming. Yeah. While I'm in the hot tub. Hey, I'm going to just throw it out there because in case Alexa can do that you never know yeah well they're gonna amazon's talking about drone deliveries they're just gonna drop that (laughs) shit on your (laughs) it's like heads up you have to wear helmets what's the service what'd you just say like bite squad or what or or whatever whatever it is yeah we just call it beer now (laughs) beer now yes And you can sit in the time machine. You can yeah. get time machine beer delivered to you. Hot tub time machine. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. oh God. Love that movie, Hot Tub Whoa. Time Machine. Good it is good. Um, <laughs> All right. Ellen, uh, what do we do about ending this? Because if we, how if do we people don't find end you? it, oh, well, wait a minute. F- I wasn't quite oh. done. If we don't end it, we'll just sit here and talk all day because this is really fun. <laughs> so, yeah, and I know the great. path we're going down. Yeah. Which I is mean, a good one. Yeah. Um, and so at the end of all of this, we, first of all, thank you for coming in. That's Thank you for having me. This yeah, has been super you. fun. Yeah. Um, what we would like to do is allow you an opportunity to do a little promotion of whatever you're doing or anything someone else is doing that you really think is cool that you'd like to get out there. So kind of open it up. Wow. Um, well, there's a ton of cool things happening. I'll let you know about a few things that I am in the middle of right now. Um, Again, as I said, Mother Banjo, that's my performance thing. I have a, I'm playing out now a lot after baby. Um, and so I have Great. a bunch of shows. So you can find them on the, at motherbanjo.com or do that search and find the cute bi- video of the baby dancing mm-hmm. to Mother's Banjo yep. playing. Um, so you can find me there. Um, and um, yeah, so that's happening. Um, also, I am... I'm promoting, um, one of the things I've, I'm doing now is I'm going back to my publicity roots, which is what I used to do at the record label. And I started my own business 
doing uh, freelance PR, but also other artist services. So I'm working with both local artists and then doing national campaigns for artists. Um, but what's cool is I'm getting to like work with both emerging artists and established ones. So there's a lot of cool projects I'm working on right awesome. now, promoting other people. Um, one that I'm uh, particularly excited about is... Um, that's coming up at the Federales, which is a local country band. They have a new record coming out in May that I'm working on. And um, Ellis, who you might know, Ellis Delaney, she was in a bunch of bands over the years, great singer songwriter, and she tours nationally. I'm going to be working on her, the national campaign for her record coming out. Um, there's a bunch of other stuff I'm working on. You can follow me EFS publicity. Um, you can find me on Facebook there and you can see what projects I'm promoting. And then the radio show, kfai.org slash womenfolk. I also have a Facebook page. All of these things are on the socials. Um, <laughs> and that, that's every Tuesday, 4 to 6 p.m. or on demand. And then um, those are the bulk of the things I'm doing, other than I'm getting back out there running. I'm yeah. excited about that, speaking Around of... Around our little lake Yes, yeah, so I'm, uh, I, I've run... Uh, nine marathons. Of course you have. Not since the baby. Uh, uh, <laughs> but Recently. I want to run the Twin Cities Marathon this fall, so I'm going to... Have you run it before? I have. Yeah. That was actually my PR. My personal best was um, the Twin Cities, because I've run a bunch in other states, but yep. but the Twin Cities one was my was my was the best time I've ever had. Nice. My wife runs marathons, too. Awesome. Well, I'm not fast, but she, I run them. I don't... I don't want to say whether she is or isn't. I don't know, you know. I but I don't think she runs it to be a. I feel like fast runner. Yeah. She runs it. for I feel like her every marathon reasons. is. It's enough work that I feel like, even when you've run a bunch of them, everyone is, is it's hard enough that I feel like even when they haven't been great times. I think you should just you know? be. It doesn't proud. matter. It doesn't matter. You still no, did it, and most people in the world haven't done it. Yeah, it's only it's only <laughs> right. amongst the people who run marathons where they kind of compare times but but they compare i feel like one thing i like because i am not a natural athlete like i didn't grow up playing sports or anything i was too busy doing music nerdy stuff right banjo admiring oboe players (laughs) yeah so um but i do feel like one thing i really love about running and sports like running like biking probably be in a similar category is that it's like a self-improvement sport it's like all about like like especially running, if you have full use of your limbs and you're, you don't even have to be in great shape. But I feel like you can always learn. You can always run faster. You know, you can the, if you start doing it regularly, you will get faster. Yeah, and, and, and you can always do it. Right, and I feel like that's one thing I really love about running. It's like you don't need a skill. <laughs> you just you go. Don't. Yeah, you just you gotta just make do yourself it. do it. Yeah. And, and I ran. I, and you know it is a high impact sport, and I realize that you know at a certain there point, I either I'll it will when it stops being fun or painful or starts being painful, yeah. then I'll I'll stop and because there's other activities I like I love hiking and doing other things, yeah. but I I get a lot of joy out of running, and I get a lot of songwriting ideas when uh-huh. I run. It's a it's a great time to think. Yeah, it's know. like a meditative time. Yeah, that's and I what think, I do it. Yeah. And I don't run. I, I ran cross country in high school, believe it or not. And the only thing I don't like about running these days is running itself. So, but other than that, it's great. No, yeah, you can. <laughs> uh, but I'd rather sit in a canoe for three yeah. weeks and paddle oh, hundreds and hundreds you. of miles. So there's just any of that meditative, rhythmic, mm-hmm. you're doing something, it's taking mm-hmm. your mind off of 
it's actually yeah, letting your mind. very much that way because it's like, especially if you're really continuing to go. It's running you just, with your arms yeah. on the lake. You know, I mean, it's it's really not very different. It's right. true. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, so that's another thing I'm excited about. It's not promotional. I'm just no, excited. No, you're just running. We'll see you around the lake. Yeah. You, you, you and my wife will definitely be passing each other on the so, lake. And you know what I would like to do? And I don't know if this is the year to do it because I'm not sure if I'll be in town during when it happens is I've never done uh, the, uh, any triathlon and there's that great one the yeah. YWCA does at Lake Nokomis yeah. every year yeah. and I, I've I've always kind of wanted to do it I love swimming I love running I like biking uh, but honestly the gear oh my god situation has always kind of freaked me don't out don't like, turn into that logistics. neighbor don't be the one that's like you know completely head to toe oh no five thousand dollar bike oh no and and right down I'll the street i'll probably be from using me. my my crappy heavy mountain bike <laughs> oh but gosh. um no it's more that like i just it would be a fun challenge for me to it would be. yeah 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 i'm into all that too yeah yeah right. i think that's a, a see fantastic clearly i'm goal. excited by the sun and the melting snow i know i'm just oh, like yeah. jones and yeah yep. be out but well you've got weeks away yeah. you know <laughs> and you set good goals i like it so there you go. All right. Well, Ellen, thank you so Ellen, thank much you. for coming in. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right. See you around like Nakoma. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We love comments and feedback, so go ahead and let us have it. If you'd like to learn more about Andalin and other legacy projects, visit the website at andalin.app or kineticlegacy.us. Take care.